Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hello there, Edwin. Hey, pal. How you doing today? Fantastic. Me too. Do you I know, know why? I do know why. Do you want to say it? Do you want to say it? You want to say, say it? Happy Friday, Andrew. Happy Friday. <laughs> We love Fridays around here because we're getting excited about the weekend. If you're in the Tampa area, we'd love for you to come out and worship with us at Livingston. All the information you need is at our website, christiansmeethere.org, christiansmeethere.org. We'd love to meet you, worship with you, talk about the podcast a little bit. If you're in the Tampa area, come by Sunday. Psalm 16, though. That's right. And I, I'm happy, not not just because it's Friday, but because we're now hitting the big, big, big... I mean, we've hit some big topics this week, some sure. really powerful, awesome sure. stuff. And now we're finally getting to the really, truly awesome part of yes. this psalm. Yes. Psalm 16. Today I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Protect me, God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good beside you. As for the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who take another God for themselves multiply. I will not pour out their drink offerings of blood. I will not speak their names with my lips. Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. You hold my future. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my conscience instructs me. I keep the Lord in mind always. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be defeated. Therefore, my heart is glad and my spirit rejoices. My body also rests securely, for you will not abandon me to Sheol. You will not allow your faithful one to see the pit. You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. In your right hand are eternal pleasures. So now we get to talk about the messianic aspect of this psalm. Well, we do. Prophecy. We do. However, I do want to back up. I, I know I'm, I'm kind of like in this weird place because I'm always taking these psalms that folks want to say aren't messianic and say, no, 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 look, here's the Messiah. Let's see them. Let's see him there. And then there's these places that everybody says, this is messianic. And I say, okay, yeah, yeah, but let's back up for a moment. I do want to make sure we recognize that when this psalm was written um, and, and read originally, it was not read messianically. It was not looking forward to some off in the future. Here's a person that's supposed to fulfill this. It was David expressing, you're at my right hand. I am going to be blessed. This is, is, is the blessing that I am going to receive. And so he was talking about the life that he was going to have and the fact that God would preserve his life against his enemies, because that's how the whole thing starts, preserve me. Mm-hmm. And he ends with this blessing, I know that you will. It's, it's, it's a response to that, react, that, that request, preserve me. I know you're going to do that. I know you're going to do that. And the reason why I think it's important for us to recognize that first layer of meaning is because that's what provides application for us, mm-hmm. is, is the recognition that when we are among the holy ones, when we are among the saints, when we are among those who have given allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ— we have this blessing of preservation from God, and we also can look forward to salvation from the realm of the dead. We also can look forward to uh, the incorruption of our eternity. 
And, and I just want to make sure we realize there's application for us here in this psalm as well. There's part, there's part for here, excuse me, there's part here for God's people. Yes. And, yeah. and it's because the Lord is paving the way. There, there is something unique. You know, I was, I was reading something here recently uh, about, you know, the, the shift in the pronouns, which happens to emphasize a holy one. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I, I also think that's important to notice because it's, I, I'm not aware, maybe I'm wrong and somebody can send something, but I don't think before Jesus came along, anyone ever read this psalm messianically. I don't think anyone ever read it saying, oh, hey, we are looking forward to a person who is going to rise from the dead. No, that was a big, that was a big surprise for everyone, I think. It really was. <laughs> However... There's actually something in this psalm that should have stopped us in our tracks even before Jesus got here mm-hmm. that caused us to say, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I get it. David David here, he's, he's referring to the blessing that he's going to have. But 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 something happens in the psalm that, that should cause me to stop and say, wait, maybe he's also talking about someone else or maybe even primarily talking about someone else. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and enlighten. What's the shift? Yeah, so you've got here David speaking of my chosen portion, my cup, my lot. Verse 5. Yeah, the lines fall to me, I. It's all very first person, right? Uh, He goes on to say the Lord gives me counsel. Uh, He is at my right hand. My heart is glad. My flesh dwells secure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then it's your holy one Hmm. who will not see corruption. Mm. Your holy one. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's not, I will not. There's this shift. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. still, I I, I can, you know, as we're reading through the passage, it well, can still refer to the same person, but wow, wait a minute. There is this shift. There's, it's like this marker that mm-hmm. that really mm-hmm. should cause us to say, hmm, I wonder why he did that. Why did it go from me, my, I, me, my? And now when he's referring to whoever this this one is that is blessed by the Lord, it's no longer me and I. It's your holy one. Your holy one. I, I understand that can still be a reference to David. And I think there is the application to David. And yet that alone should have caused people to say, hmm, hmm, I wonder if we're looking for something more than David. I wonder if we're looking for something greater than David. I, I wonder if we're looking for something that David had these blessings, but these blessings he had in a very spiritual way, in a very metaphorical way. I wonder if we're actually looking for someone who has it in a more literal, real way. I think about where this psalm comes up in the apostles' preaching recorded in the book of Acts. And the way they lay out their sermon, the way they do their declarations, is to lead with the event. They're already declaring Jesus, his works, which testified to who he was, his death and his resurrection. They talk about the event. This has happened. And then, then the sermon seems to shift to, but it was foretold. But God God was prophesying this. And then they quote from this psalm. Well, the interesting thing is, so we're, we're in Acts chapter 2, and then there's Acts chapter 13 with Paul's sermon, Peter yeah, in Acts yeah. chapter 2. 
they don't say, look, guys, we've been looking because of Psalm 16 for a person who's going to rise from, from the, the dead. dead. They, they don't say that. No, they don't. They, they just declare, he rose from the dead. We know he rose from the dead. We saw him. We, we saw him die, and we, we saw him after he was resurrected. Mm-hmm. What's actually happening, I think, in Acts chapter 2 and in Acts chapter 13 when Paul is preaching is they're really anticipating objections. The Messiah is not supposed to die. The Messiah is not supposed to. How can you say that? Okay, so you're telling me this guy rose from the dead. You're telling me you're a witness. I'm noticing the miracles you're performing. So I have a tendency to think you're probably telling me the truth. But I have a great big giant objection. Mm -hmm. The Messiah isn't supposed to die. No, he's supposed to live. And so what they then do is they go back to passages and say, wait a minute. Let's go read this passage again. Now that Jesus has been raised from the dead, let's read this passage again. And here's what we find. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. Guys, look, we're not telling you something you don't know. You saw it. You know he did some amazing things. You know he was an amazing guy. You know there's something more to him than meets the eye. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day, being therefore a prophet. And knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. His his point is... Okay, I get it. You have this objection. He's not supposed to die. But let's go back and read this passage. Mm -hmm. David talked about receiving this blessing. What we've said here is there's a marker about the grammar that ought to point to us, seeing that maybe Mm -hmm. David was talking about someone more. Maybe there's a a greater, more fulfilling, uh, greater fulfillment, more literal fulfillment in someone else. Uh, what, What Peter is saying is, look, if we take David's words literally Mm-hmm. rather than spiritualize them and take them metaphorically, well, that didn't happen to David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it didn't happen to David at all. He did die. His flesh yeah. did see corruption. That's it. We know where his tomb is. But we can't go visit Jesus' tomb. Mm-mm. I, I mean, we can, but it's not Jesus' tomb anymore because he ain't there. Yeah, it's empty. It's empty. He's, he's, he's not in the tomb. We can't go find his body. We, we're not going to dig him up one day and test his DNA. Right. It's just not going to happen. And here's the really cool thing on this. My understanding is that there was a Jewish concept that corruption began on day four. The corruption of, of a, the flesh of a dead body. Yeah. Okay. The corruption of the flesh happened on day four, which is why it was so significant when they went to Lazarus tomb mm-hmm. and they said it's the fourth day. It's the fourth he's, day. He's going to stink now yeah. because Corruption's for, for them, that's when corruption began. Mm-hmm. This is this is my understanding. And so what Peter really calls to mind is he, he was resurrected on the third day. third day. What did his flesh not see? Mm-hmm. No corruption. Did not see corruption. His soul was not abandoned 
to Sheol. And, and that's, that's a concept itself. It doesn't say it didn't enter Sheol. It's not abandoned to Sheol. Sheol, the place of the dead. It will not see corruption. Mm-hmm. And so, wow, who is your holy one? Ah, your holy one is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. This gospel facts make this psalm clear what it was about. It sheds light on all this. And because of the resurrection, you know, again, before the resurrection, people weren't reading it this way. Peter didn't understand it that way. Peter had Peter right. been understanding it that way when Jesus said I was going to die, when Jesus said I'm going to die and I'm going to be resurrected on the third day, he wouldn't have said, "No, no, no, that's not going to happen to you." Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. Peter didn't get it when Jesus was telling them it was going to happen, but after it happened, he goes back and reads Psalm 16 and says, Oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. I get what David was really all about here, what he was really saying. Yes, there's the application to David as king. There's the application to David as saint. There's the application to David as God's child. And therefore, there's the application to me as well. But why? Why is this even true for me? Why is this even true? for? It's true for me because it was literally true for Jesus Christ. And not only did Jesus... Uh die, but he died for sins. There was a reason for it. And the demonstration of uh, both his his death and the efficacy of it is then the resurrection and the witness of this empty tomb. And the apostle Paul, when he preaches on this same psalm in Acts 13, ties it to even the forgiveness of sins. As he's talking to this Jewish um, audience uh, at the synagogue first, and then, of course, he goes and preaches to Gentiles after this. Same psalm, Acts 13, verse 35, Paul is preaching. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to seek corruption. Well, that's our psalm. That's Psalm 16. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. And one of the things that demonstrates is there's a very real way in which I can read Psalm 16 as David saying, you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. Mm-hmm. because you will not let Jesus see corruption. Exactly. Because he did not see corruption, my soul doesn't get abandoned in the realm of the dead. I get life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Isn't it exciting? Isn't it wonderful Beautiful. To, to end this psalm and, and to end this week of, of broadcast talking about the resurrection and mm. the glory of Jesus? Uh, let's pray about it. God and Father in heaven, thank you so much for Jesus Christ, your Holy One, your Holy One whom you did not allow to see corruption. Yes, he faced death. Yes, he entered Sheol, the realm of the dead. And yet he rose forth triumphant, victorious, because the grave could not hold him. And Lord, because of that, we have hope. We have hope that we too, will not be abandoned to Sheol, to Hades, to the realm of the dead, but we will be resurrected. And we are looking forward to that. Lord, because of that, we are placing Jesus Christ at our right hand and him before us evermore so that we will not be moved. Keep us steady. Keep us safe in your hand, Lord. 
we love you so much. And you loved us first in Jesus Christ, and we thank you for that. It's through him that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Wait.